Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of the Sunday Vibe Reset. And on the day where we are recording this, the 20th of March, it is the International Day of Happiness. So are you feeling happy, Alex? Are you getting good vibes from this date? I certainly am. And it has been quite the week. And I have so many things that I want to talk about, so many good vibes that have come up. Excellent. Let's get, let's dive in. You know, on this show, we do love a shanty. And this week, shanty made it to number one in the UK charts, which I think is quite incredible. And I just think that really sets the tone for everything else that's put me in a good, good spirits this week. It's amazing. Is it, is it still Willerman? Yeah. Yeah. People somehow still haven't had enough of that. Uh, and I'm- Neither have you, and you've been listening to it for years. Yeah, I know. There's lots of lots of weird things going on, but I'm happy that they made room for that to happen. Uh, just seems very inappropriate, and yet so right at the same time. <laughs> but that's not even my musical highlight of the week, because it was just announced that the Tracy Beaker theme, which is apparently called Someday, is going to be released as a single... 20 years after it was on TV. And it, I, they didn't do this at the time, but on the 26th of March, uh, that's going to be a song. So I'm looking forward to the chart battle of, you know, 18th century sea shanty versus, you know, 20 year old disco TV theme. Whoa. <laughs> What's going on with music at the moment? Yeah, I know. It's people have just people just don't care anymore i think that's always a good place to be in a way in music like free yourself of those chains do what you want but one of the tough things about this year has of course been the fact you can't travel anywhere you can't go any new places you can't sail your whaling ship and wait for the weatherman to bring you all of his supplies thanks for the reminder we really all (laughs) needed that but you might be a bit surprised following that that I now have a travel story. Hmm. And it's a travel story of a walrus. Walruses, you know, big fat lumps. They're sort of, they're not beach body ready, is all we'll say. <laughs> but a walrus fell asleep uh, on an Arctic iceberg and then it did a little bit of drifting and somehow ended up just around St. Patrick's Day in Ireland, which I hope it planned. And this was discovered by a little girl going on a walk with her parents. And she's fed the information back to a group that I love. And I'm just going to read you the name here. Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, which is incredibly specific and so specific that technically I don't think this walrus comes under their problem. (laughs) But apparently this is only the third time they've managed to get one in Ireland since 1999. Wow. uh, What a roller coaster. That must be... You know what? I think that Lugo must be so proud to be able to tell that story now that school has reopened and she can go back to her classmates and go, guess what happened when I went on a walk with my parents yesterday? Yeah, imagine taking a walrus to show and tell. That's, she's won. It's not a competition, <laughs> but she has won. Nothing can ever top that. Speaking of Ireland and Irish people, I'd like to introduce uh, a new category of this podcast and all conversation topics, which I'd like to call Tweet of the Week. Oh, yes. So you Missably, might have... 
exciting. There's a whole, there's almost too much content for you to be able to pick here. So I'm excited to just see what you're suggesting as the tweet of the week. So the one I've picked this week is this woman who tweeted, there are 21 million penguins in the Antarctica and the population of Ireland is 6.6 million. So if all the penguins in Antarctica decided to invade Ireland, each person would have to fight off over 3 million penguins each. So obviously the math here isn't quite quite correct. Um, but I thought it would be interesting to, um, to make it into a game. I'm always worried when you suggest we play a game on this show. <laughs> This, this rarely works out well for me. I do have those occasional moments of brilliance. Uh, what can I say? This game will be, do you think this population is bigger than the number of Irish people? Right. I, I was not expecting this. Um, okay, go on, hit me. <laughs> do you think there are more sheep in Wales than people in Ireland. Oh, see, I know there are more sheep than people in Wales, but there's more people in Ireland. I reckon there are. There's loads of sheep. I'm going with, I bet the sheep. There are, actually. There is yeah. 8.99 million sheep in Wales. There you go. What, <laughs> what a country. What an amazing place. Nowhere else would have a stat like that. Well, maybe New Zealand. Now, as we said before, that 21 million penguins in the Antarctica. Do you think more people voted to leave, voted for Brexit? Uh, that's nice, nice simple one. Uh, yeah, if all of the penguins got together, uh, they, they'd win that referendum. <laughs> Not sure if it would be legal, but it's food for thought, isn't it? That's an argument that I've never heard before. <laughs> You're having a row with, uh, <laughs> with your Brexity uncle. You just always raise, but what if all of the penguins voted remain? He won't know what to do at that point. <laughs> so what's your answer? Uh, there's more penguins. There are 17.4 million people voted to leave Europe. And finally, did more people watch Prince William and Kate Middleton's wedding or watch England lose its final game of the Football World Cup in 2018. It's got to be a Football World Cup. There's, there's no way it's not, surely. I'd like to remind you that um, the royal wedding was broadcasted in the entire world. Like I remember oh. watching it in France. Oh, cheating. Well, it'll be the Royals then. But no, then, it is football. What, why would you trick me like that? That's horrible. My vibe has been completely reset and not in a good way. <laughs> because he got the other two right. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> 23 million people watched a royal wedding and 26.5 million people in the UK watched that football game. Yeah. Uh. I'm counting that as a win. Those were some pretty good numbers. And, you know, why not? We could have a numbers section. I don't think we've ever done this before on the show. Let's just rattle through some wonderful numbers that have come out this week. The first one, I believe that this is a topic that we've discussed before, but 
you know how the, the news comes around. And now we've got some accurate statistics that feeding cows a bit of seaweed in their diet actually reduces the methane they give out by 82%, which is something that I know a few people should maybe try. I know this is on cow, but <laughs> who knows? So uh, firstly, yeah, definitely agree on the people, especially if they're like taking the tube. Uh, but also <laughs> about the cows, uh, I definitely wasn't expecting such a high number. That's incredible. I know it's, as I said, this week has been full of amazing things. And, you know, so are cows, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about numbers, you know, and like big stats, the happiest place in the world has been determined by statistics, really. For the fourth year running, can you guess which country people are the happiest to live in? Mm. It always goes to like New Zealand or Denmark in these, doesn't it? It's actually Finland. Yeah. Um, but they are quite well ranked as well. Yeah. Uh, Finland sort of, I guess, culturally between the two. Can you guess how the UK ranked? Oh, we are not going to do very well here. Were we in the top half? Yeah, out of like 150 countries, yeah. Yeah, I'll take like 40th. 17th. Oh, there you go. Bit happier. See, we were probably 40th before the show started airing, and now, you know, just moved up. Everyone's a bit happier. <laughs> so many more things as well. I consider, quite rightly, Avatar managed to regain its status as the highest grossing film, which just the fact that it's not Avengers makes me fairly happy. <laughs> uh, and they're grossing around $760 million dollars. But the fact that they've regained this implies there's a lot of people watching Avatar now. It just wouldn't cross my mind to do that. Actually, yeah. what happened is when they reopened cinemas in China, um, Avatar aired again. Happier times. <laughs> <laughs> that just means how petty was James Cameron? I don't know, like, has it been, what, two years since... Avengers came out. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Maybe. and he just went, you know what? I still want to be number one. We'll release it again in China. Yeah, I mean, but people are clearly still going. Do they not know they've seen it? Like, <laughs> this happened before. I also have some incredible numbers on the first space cleaning satellite. So they've essentially sent a satellite up to go and pick up all of the light screwdrivers and bits of satellite they accidentally dropped the last time that they went but because it's space it's pretty complicated that seems to be the gist of what people say when they're talking about rocket science there's they're not just sending up a thing to collect all of the um they're not just sending all of a thing up to collect all of the space junk they're also sending up some replica space junk so as it can practice collecting it so sending up this 750 kilogram servicer, and I thought, well, that makes sense. Servicer is just what they're calling it. But they're also sending up 17 kilograms of client, which they're terming it, which is essentially just a bit of metal. And they're going to pick it up. They just sent it themselves and then send it back to Earth and it'll catch fire, which seems like a level of bureaucracy that wasn't needed to me, but <laughs> definitely my direction. 
that's just messy. <laughs> you know what? Maybe maybe that's what's been happening in score all this time, you know, with all the VK bottles that we find on the floor. Maybe it was the bartender. Maybe the bartenders did it. Yeah, just chucking a few out so they can practice cleaning them up. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's pretty logical. I can't argue that. Take back my previous comments. <laughs> and now I have two favourite events of this week. And these are the ones that have like, really tipped me over. Um, and the first one, we'll start with the most wholesome because, you know, always saves the, the, uh, the misery for the end. And it's the Gruffalo, which I'd say possibly everyone's top five children's book, The Gruffalo. What a wonderful little story. And guide dogs, of all people, have released a scented version of this book. And I think it's the first time that they've done this. But the idea is that children with visual, uh, visual impairments, they can smell the characters and still experience the story without looking at any of the pictures or actually seeing what the animals in it look like. Well, I think that's a quite wholesome initiative. I'm just wondering what kind of smell they will put in. Well, I was wondering this too. So I did a little bit of research and I've dug deep into this. And there are some descriptions of the smells that they put in the book, which it's a challenging job to describe any smell. Um, like, I don't know how you describe most things, but I think they've definitely got some of these smells wrong based on this. The quick-witted moose smells of cupcakes. And that's just not what I was expecting. I've never actually smelled a moose, but I'm sure it's not cupcakes. In the same way that I don't think the silly old fox is going to smell of cut grass. These are very clean animals, aren't they? Very fresh. Yeah, but on the other hand, would you rather have it smell like an old fox? Well, they made the gruffalo a stinky leather smell. Their words, not mine. <laughs> They're really selling this product. <laughs> and they made the sneaky slivering snake smoky. <laughs> which I do not understand of all of them why is a snake smoky <laughs> hmm. but you know if some child gets to open a book and smell a freshly poured cup of tea and know that that's meant to be an owl it's a nice place to be isn't it <laughs> and then finally the like I was having a good week you've heard everything I've described here I've been in a good mood and then I got even happier when I learned that everyone's primary school nemesis, William Shakespeare, isn't actually quite all he's cracked up to be. So we've all seen these like famous drawings of Shakespeare. He's looking quite regal. He's got his little ruff. Um, that's a man who knows what he's doing. He could write a good play, doesn't he? But this week, they've done a little bit of looking through the archives and they found out that that image, which is uh, the Cobb portrait, is actually completely wrong and was done many years after his death and is of Sir Thomas Overby, not Shakespeare at all. So every time you go into an English classroom, that's just a painting of a man, not Shakespeare, <laughs> just a man. Um, but they have now discovered there is actually one true image of Shakespeare which was painted by someone when he was alive 
and who had actually met him. Uh, I say painted a bit wrong here, but there's a little sculpture above his uh, tombstone in Stratford. And it's not quite as flattering. I'd recommend you check this out. If, if you ever had to do any Shakespeare, maybe you didn't enjoy it too much. Just looking at this image will really make your week. And it's been described, not my words, someone else's word, as looking like a self-satisfied pork butcher. <laughs> That's all that you need to know. To be fair, I guess, given how long ago Shakespeare lived, the fact that something, let's face it, something this stupid would happen, the chances were quite high. Yeah. Um, but it's the fact that the news that it was actually a mistake is not more widespread. That is just... Yeah. But now, for the rest of my life, you see this one image of Shakespeare. There are only two paintings of him that are, like, deemed legit. And now that we know that they're both just not of Shakespeare, I think this is going to haunt me in my day-to-day -day life. Well, I guess that is a pretty big lose from Shakespeare, from, you know, everyone thinking he was at least okay-looking to actually know he was not. Um, yeah. Well, it's essentially he's just been on filters all this time, hasn't he? Now we're seeing him. <laughs> um, pretty much as big a lose as, you know, England versus Ireland in rugby in the Six Nations tournament. But I've got, I think, an even bigger loser this week. Go on. So this week, the French police got quite proud of themselves. They thought they had seized... 25 kilos of ecstasy, which represents 1 million euros. You have a very good night on that. Yeah. Turns out it was not ecstasy. It was powder from the Haribo candies, the Tagada strawberries. I, I really wonder how this happens. Did they just find it and go, well, this clearly must be drugs? I think it was like a big operation of a drug cartel stuff. But the real question here that I've been asking myself ever since I heard that story is, how did these guys end up with 25 kilos of crushed candy anyway? Like, are there some physics or chemistry teachers who are planning a big experiment where they're going to sell it as if it was ecstasy? Like, what happened there? Yeah. It sounds like they're doing this in a very suspicious way. Like... You wouldn't just uh, see something that could possibly just be sweet. Like, they must have been convinced. They've had a worse week than Shakespeare. <laughs> we said it before. Every week's about winners and losers, and you can get just as much joy from either. <laughs> now, we haven't had record of the week in a while. I think no. this time we'll bring that back. Yeah, I, I didn't realise quite how much I would miss it, in fact. <laughs> this week's record it's an eight-year-old Indian boy who solved three rotating puzzle cubes simultaneously in one minute and 29 seconds so to achieve this record he solved one puzzle cube with each hand which on its own is pretty impressive because that means he had to like you know twist it mm -hmm. with one hand but he also solved one with his feet. I really, really dislike that very intensely. 
<laughs> it's one of those classic ones. People get really good at Rubik's cubes, don't they? But um, I've never known of someone doing it with their feet. I can't really understand how to do it physically with your feet, let alone do the thinking side as well. I mean, I guess that's why it's a record. Uh, to, sol- to solve it in 1 minute 29 seconds is already pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't do one. Exactly. Um, that's my statement. <laughs> <laughs> and now, our initiative of the week. I feel I need this as like a palate cleanser. Uh because people are actually doing some proper good in the world. This is what we like. So there's a startup in the UK that is hoping to develop an ultra-quiet plane, and it will be a bioelectric one. So it would have 18 seats, and it would use its electric motors only to take off and for landing. And it would, it would have a cruising speed of about 230 miles per hour, it would use a turbo generator that would be powered by biofuel and solar panels. And it can convert from passenger to cargo in under 15 minutes. The constructors hope to have it flying passengers by 2026. I don't know um, much about planes, I'll be the first to admit. But I think it's pretty clear this is uh, going to be a large problem that we're going to have to solve in the, uh, in the near future. And you said 2026, which is mega soon. And now on to more regular good news. South Korea has announced it now recycles 95% of its food waste thanks to smart bins and special biodegradable bags. I really, I really love the idea of smart bins. It's like such an oxymoron, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Renewable energy sources now account for around a third of global power capacity. That's quite a biggie. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about that. That seems like a large stat. Because it's like a medium number, that means that some countries are doing better. And to be fair, I would be quite interested to see which countries are having more than a third of their energies. Yeah, we love a good Yeah. Bring up these stats next week. We have a now that we've had the numbers section, we can we can do just just do full full stat week. <laughs> um Nepal has launched a cleanup campaign during which 3,000 kilos of garbage were collected from Mount Everest. It's one of those ones, it's like sort of bittersweet, isn't it? Um, to think that there's all of this rubbish up Everest, but then I guess for it to be going away, like this is, it's like a positive sign of change. It's going in the right direction, isn't it? So that's a, that's a nice one. I like that. Makes you think. And now I think for our wholesome person of the week, we've got this 25-year-old inventor from Kenya who has invented smart gloves that translates sign language into speech to communicate with his deaf niece. That's a pretty, that is definitely an awesome person of the week. I'm very impressed by that. Uh, I don't know, there just seem to be so many people out there at the moment who are bringing out these these things that are definitely like needed so badly by so many people, but I guess have probably been like ignored in the past. It's like the smell in the Gruffalo. And um, <laughs> I saw in the Mandalorian, they employed someone who was deaf as an actor um, to come up with a proper fictional sign language for, for that. So there's some pretty cool things happening in the world at the moment. And I'll leave you on this final good news. Odd news, maybe, but it definitely sounds positive. 
positive to me. Other the better. It's not been a normal week. We've had a lot of very out there ones, so you've got to top something quite high here. Back in the days, The Godfather was the first movie franchise to have its first and second films both nominated for Best Screenplay. Another franchise has just joined this very selective club. Can you guess which one? Now, if you think back many, what well, feels like years, but really it's months ago, when we did the first episode of Sunday Vibe Reset, I remember talking a lot about Borat. And it's just, we, we asked this to happen back then. I'd like to say that this is the first prediction that we ever made. And look at us now. What? Well done to Borat. It is actually Borat. So yeah. I think that's incredibly good news. And that seems like a pretty positive note to end this on. So this has been episode 20 of the Sunday Five Reset. And you'll hear back from us next week. Well, we were.